Hello, bookworms. Welcome to The Best Book Ever. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and this is the podcast where we get to know interesting people by asking them about their favorite books. The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron is a classic book for all creatives, encouraging artists of all stripes to lead a life of curiosity and to pursue their art for the joy of creating. It's a book that nearly every writer I know has used at least once. And today I'm thrilled for the chance to discuss it with someone who works in an entirely different discipline. Shay Dominguez is a comedian and mindfulness live event creator and host. Shay spent three years focusing on improv and sketch comedy at the world-renowned Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles, and now performs stand-up comedy in Atlanta, Georgia. She also produces her own personal development podcast called Level Up with Shay. I loved meeting Shay and talking to her about her creative life and why The Artist's Way is the best book ever. Hi, Shay. Welcome to the Best Book Ever podcast. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm happy to be here. I'm not going to ask you to tell me a joke. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure comedians get this all the time, right? So you're a comedian? Tell me something funny. So like, tell me instead of a joke, what's your stock answer to that? Because my answer to that would be like, pay me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Hannah, I did get asked that a few weeks ago. And I think, you know, I I said I didn't have a joke. I said maybe my life, Um, you know, self-deprecating type of thing. Uh, I I think that's one of the good ways to like get people on your side. It's like, oh, this girl makes fun of herself. Okay, cool. Or, you know, before a year and a half ago, I had never done stand-up comedy. And so when people hear comedian, they automatically think, oh, so you do stand-up comedy. It's like, really, I've done improv comedy. And that is not telling jokes. That is just improvising, just talking and telling a story, you know, with other characters in a scene. So I never really had any jokes, any knock-knock jokes, any one-liners or whatever. Uh, Which one's scarier? Stand up. Really? Stand up to totally because I am by myself. I'm spending time writing jokes that I think are funny, but then when I tell them, people may not think they're funny. And so just having that feedback, it's something that you get used to that you kind of just have to brush off and not take personally. And you always have to be in that mindset of, I'm growing, I'm learning. I'm writing these jokes and they may be good. They may be bad. Some jokes may land harder than I thought it would, you know, or just a one-off thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's so scary being up there by yourself rather than improv. You have people to rely on, especially Uh if they're your good friends or whatever, you kind of, you're in a flow with people. Because you know what the other person's going to do and you you know that they're open and they have your back. Like, that's just a big thing in improv is yes and. So it's like, you said this wild thing. I'm going to agree with that and give even more. And so there's just a lot of support with improv and just the environment, too. There's support in improv community and where stand-up, there's support, but you're by yourself. What is fun about that? Well, I had always, I don't like making excuses. 
for not doing things. If I'm not interested in doing things, that's, that's something like, you know, uh, skydiving I'm kind of interested in, but, (laughs) but you know, my whole life I was like, Oh, I don't do stand up because it is scary because well, I don't want, well, I don't want to spend time writing jokes that I think are funny that other people won't think are funny. And I just heard excuse after excuse. I heard myself telling the same story to people when that would come up. Oh, you're a comedian. You do stand-up comedy. Oh no, because of this. And I'm like, I I don't like that. I don't like limiting myself. Uh, Yeah. I don't like having like a ceiling that I hit. It's like, I can't do this because of this. It's like, do you want to do it? Do you want to try it? Okay, then do it. And so this, you know, I moved to Atlanta from LA a year and a half ago and I decided I would start going to open mics. And so I went to open mics. I eventually did a class, which was awesome. Just very supportive environment. Got to write jokes, you know, get into that flow. And I know what's coming. Like I know the feelings that I get when I go up there being scared, my heart racing, but I know that's, that's something that I can lessen as time goes on. That's something that I can build on and grow from, you know, it not being as scary anymore. That is so fascinating to me. I can't even imagine the terror of the very first time getting up there. That must have been so scary. The first one, right? (laughs) Which is so funny. The first one was on Zoom. Oh, of course, because you started in a pandemic. Right. Yep. The first one was on Zoom. I think the second one was in person on the outskirts of Atlanta. But it was so funny. The first one in person, I just watched other comics because it was mostly comics and we were at this smoky bar and and the comics really weren't paying attention. The people in the bar really weren't paying attention. And I'm just like, oh, Nobody really is paying attention, so I can kind of do whatever I want. Now, I still forgot my jokes, and I had to get out my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I still was that nervous, even though my head logically will say, nobody's paying attention, you're fine, but my body will react differently. And I think, you know, that's, that's just how I've grown up in my body with... I know we don't want to talk about childhood trauma, but I think trauma just stays in our body, right? All through our lives until we realize that we can kind of release those feelings and those emotions and not have them take so much control over ourselves to where we stop ourselves from going up on stage and performing. How do you know the difference between what's funny to you And what's going to land? There must be a difference, right? Like, do you, do you sometimes write things down and crack yourself up and go, nobody else is going to laugh at that? Or do you only find out when you get out there? Yeah, I think it's, you only find out when you get out there, (laughs) right? Which that's, that's the part that's so scary. Uh Like, I think this is funny (laughs) and, you know, it could be a self-deprecating thing about myself. And then I say it on stage and nobody laughs. I'm like, I need to make this less depressing or something, you know, because 
you think it's funny in your head because you know yourself and you know how silly this little thing is in your life specifically. But I think the craft and the skill of being a stand up comedian is to be able to make it to relate to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you want to write what you think is funny, of course. And then you go out and say it and it doesn't land. Then you come back to the drawing table and say, okay, how can I rewrite this to make it more relatable to people, funnier, whatever? I mean, there's formulas to to do it and to write jokes and stuff. So yeah, it's that's why it's it's very scary because you're you're being very vulnerable with yeah. the audience. You're like, this is my truth. Do you agree? And you know, that's kind of something that Lace Larrabee, who was the teacher in our stand-up class, would say. She's like, that's why it's so hard because you are being vulnerable and you're just asking people to agree with you. And then if they don't, then it sucks. But you have to either scrap that joke or learn how to rewrite it. I think it's the coolest thing. I, I do too. I'm like fascinated by people who, who do that and people who are just so good, like at Kevin Hart or Amy Schumer. It's, it's awesome. It's really, I love that people push boundaries of, wait, why can't we talk about things in this way? Why have we stopped ourselves from doing it? Who is it hurting? Do you read funny books? Not really. Mm. I have read a while ago, Amy Schumer's Yes, Please. No, that... um... Or I'm sorry, Amy Poehler. (laughs) I love that because it's a storybook and she's just one of my people who I, I, I love. And... And it also has the jokes in it. And Chelsea Handler, I've read a couple of her books, so funny. But that that's pretty much it, like as far as humor. Yeah. So you don't necessarily read funny books. So tell me in general, what do you like to read? I like to read personal development books, which that's just a super wide variety I like to read books that come into my life. Like I don't necessarily seek out books like, oh, what should I read? What's on the bestseller list or whatever. Okay. It's I listen to podcasts, so I'll hear guests on podcasts who have books or I really want to learn about laughter and the power of laughter being healing. And so I just got a book of a guy who it's like the patient's perspective of healing or something like that. And this guy wrote this book because he healed himself through, through laughter. Brendan Burchard, I have a couple of his books, which he's a really big leadership personal development guy. So I want to talk to you about this book that you chose as your best book ever, um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. But what I want to ask you first is, were you raised in an artistic home or with a particularly artistic bent to your education? I would say my mom. She is a very creative person. She is in a band now. I mean, she's She was an educator and uh, worked as a principal, as a superintendent, as a teacher, um, uh, college instructor, like so many things. And along with that, 
she did music. Yeah, she's just always been into music. She had a brother that she actually lost to leukemia uh, when she was in her 20s. He was in his 20s and they were kind of partnered. Like he was a guitarist and she was a singer and they made stuff together. And so that was really big thing in her life uh, growing up. And I was there with him for a few years. So I would say that's a lot of the creativity that I saw in my life. So you were raised thinking that creativity was part of an everyday regular life. I, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> um, you know, she, she did that and she does that and that's fun. But I think a lot of the other parts of her life was very, you know, stringent, very, education. And I also want to say very safe. And I think artistry isn't safe. I think it's pushing boundaries, like we said, and doing something that other people may not agree with. Like who's going to disagree with the fact that you're a teacher or a superintendent? What? No, what? Nobody's going to disagree with that. But people saying you're in a band, Oh, that's heathens, heathens, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's different. So I saw it in a way of like, this is, this is how I like to have fun, but also, uh, that's, that's just a fun part of mm. my life kind of outside of it. And I want, I want my whole life to be fun. You know, I want to push boundaries in all parts of my life. Will you tell my listeners who haven't come across this book what it is and what it what it does? Yeah. So The Artist's Way, I think, really gets you to open up to your artist self. Because everybody has an artist self, as she says in, in the book. And it's been shut out from us, from kid, from being kids in our childhood, our artistic and creative ways have been, nope, can't do this, can't do this. And so I think she's trying to get your artist sense back to you. Now, tell me how you use this book in your life. Do you follow it formally or do you sort of adopt it in different ways? Yeah, I don't follow it formally. Mm -hmm. I, the first time I read it, I went through the 12 weeks. But since then, I'll go back for a reference. I think it really, whatever works for you, you know, for me, sometimes it is that, hey, I feel a spark to read something. And usually when I do, it tells me exactly what I need to hear. And that's how I usually go into reading if I'm not doing it every single day, because I'll sometimes do that, go in and out of that. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just reading, OK, I'm going to read before I go to bed, like for for 30 minutes. I'll just be like, I'm going to hear what I need to hear from whatever book I pick out. And, yeah, I just kind of go with my gut uh, for when I'm referencing this book or reading another book. Um, yeah, so I like to use it in that way. Uh, listeners, if you haven't 
read the book, one of the things that she recommends is that you take yourself out for an artist date once a week. Yeah, to do something where you'll be in joy, I think. Be having fun, not thinking. The artist date, it's like, okay, I have to take two hours every week to do something. Sometimes that just overwhelms me. Oh, right. So if I can sprinkle that in to different parts of my life, then that's great. And not being like, oh, I missed an artist date this week or just, yeah, just in those moments, feeling, having those feelings of joy and not thinking about anything else, you know, about work or whatever. And I I just started a script writing class a couple of days ago and there's Mm. homework. There's like, homework to watch specific TV shows. And I am the type of person that will go and watch Parks and Rec four days. Like I, you know, uh, like it, or, you know, I watched the office the other day, which I've seen multiple times or Veep. I love Veep on HBO and it feels good to get out of that pattern and Mm -hmm be challenged. Honestly, it's a little bit of a challenge, but to be opened up to these other worlds, because you never know how you can be inspired by this art of work that you never would have watched unless you were introduced, you know, unless you were open to it. Um, So yeah, I think that's homework. It really is because it's taking you out of your normal familiar life and you're growing you're going growing through finding new things finding new things to be inspired by monotony is good and habits are good in some ways so we don't have to make a million decisions every day right like I eat oatmeal every day like literally every day and I'm okay with that So that's not like, oh, eating oatmeal every day is ruining my life and I'm super boring. It's like, no, I find my creativity in other ways. Save the decision making for things we really care Mm -hmm. about, not for breakfast. Who cares about breakfast? It's so boring. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's about food, fuel. So how does this book, how do you feel like you use it in your comedy life? Does it, do you do morning pages, for example? I did maybe like a month ago. I did it for a couple months and then I felt like it was just taking too much time, (laughs) you know? So I I think with this book, you know, and the morning pages, I, I couldn't utilize them really right now. Like it's just not the right time for me to do that. Um, Because I, I think sometimes I do them when I'm like, I need more clarity, I need to get stuff out of my head and just write and just word vomit. Right. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think now recently I'm just like, I know these next steps. I'm kind of clear on my next steps right now. And so I haven't done the morning pages. Yeah. That was one that also does not work for me long-term. It did when I did the program Mm -hmm. initially. And I'll sometimes go through a phase again, listeners, um, Morning pages are her instruction to get up every morning. First thing, it's three pages, mm-hmm. right? Um, barf out three pages of just write with no anything. expectation at all, anything. But I do, um, I'm a big one for if I can't concentrate, I will get a blank piece of paper and just write all of the things that are 
making me crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just put it away. We're done with that. Yeah. And let's let's get back to the work that you need to do. There's something about that for me, having a pen in my hand and getting it down that is so clarifying. Yeah. It's like it physically leaves your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. It's, I mean, I do that with my with some scripts, like with just like one minute scripts, just sketches. I'll I'll mm-hmm. write it. I'll write it just because it it flows better where it goes straight from my head right to the paper where I think I would second guess on a computer or something, but mm-hmm. on a page, mm-hmm. I just don't, I just go. And yeah, I made a video on my podcast, Instagram a few days ago. And it's like how to stop thinking and start doing. And the first step was to, if you're over, like the reason we don't take action a lot of times is because we're thinking too much. We're thinking about something. Should we do this? Should we do that? When should we do this? Um, Why, you know, whatever, where will this get us to? And the first step is to write out your thoughts. Like you have to get that out because your mind will just overthink and it will paralyze. It will paralyze me for sure. Yes. And so when I, yeah, I'll journal every now and then when I feel like I'm overthinking and yeah, just get the thoughts out. It feels therapeutic. Tell me about your podcast. Yeah. My podcast level up with Shay. I started it at the very beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I want mentors. I want people who I can learn from. And now we're all locked up in our house. How can this work? And so I was like, I'll start a podcast so other people can hear all of this awesome stuff, techniques or lessons uh, from other people as well. So yeah, I started that, had 24 guests in my first season. And basically I just asked them kind of go throughout their life. How have you leveled up? What struggles have you faced? What lessons have you learned? And I really like to get guests that I want to learn from that I'm fascinated by, like you said, stand-up comedians who are just, it's so easy for them on stage. Man, I, I want to interview those people. My, how did you get that stage presence? Like what different kind of thoughts? Because a lot of it is practice. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is practice. You're going to hear that over and over again, but hearing it from two different people Like I've heard something from somebody and then the same thing from a second person. And I listened to the second person, you know, (laughs) it hit differently. I don't know what it was. Yeah. All of a sudden it's true. Yeah. Right. 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 The first person wasn't lying. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I love that part of it of sharing different stories because I get to hear different stories and different takes and just different perspectives and yeah, I hope that for for other people, it's been interesting because with podcasts, you know, you really have to focus on who your audience is. And so at first I was like, kind of anybody, but now I really want to focus on talking to artists and creatives and people who are taking their artistry and building something and showing it to the world. I'm leveling up with my audience and I'm going through the same things and I'm sharing the lessons that I'm learning now. And hopefully you can learn from my life. You can learn from the people that I interview and 
level up. Do you know what I love so much about your answer is that um, you never once used level up in the ways that we always hear it in the douche bro, sell more, you know, I don't know. And I love that you're using that language to say what's more important is your actual life than than selling stuff, (laughs) which of course we all want to make money at what we do. I mean, I'm not discounting that, but right. Yeah. I I love your focus. Yeah. Thank you. And I think the word level up is kind of like just another person telling us what to do, how to do Mm -hmm. it. And it's not that at all. I, I know I have a lot to learn and I'm hungry for that growth. I really am. But like, there's only so much I can learn right now in this moment. And I'm going to make yeah. mistakes. And I'm going to look back at, at some episodes and be like, oh, I don't think that anymore. Oh, I'm a different person. Yeah, it really is that inner exploration. It's it's bigger than like the little grind focus stuff, which is so interesting because in the artist's way, she talks about success is really taking small steps, like a lot of small steps. It's not all these big leaps and jumps. It's small steps. So it can feel like a grind, but it really feels like a grind when you're doing it for external validation for other people. But I'm doing it because I enjoy it and I want to create something. I love creating and building and making an impact. And and that's what it is. But it's not a grind because I'm not doing it forcefully. I'm doing it gracefully. And that's exactly the lesson that I think is in the other book that you mentioned in Big Magic. And Elizabeth Gilbert does say that she's very influenced by Julia mm-hmm. Cameron. And that's very much the the major takeaway of big magic was for me was you do it for your heart. You mm-hmm. do it for your, you do it because you have to do it. You don't do it. All the external stuff that comes with it is great yep. for creative work, but the point of doing it is because you love the doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I love that lesson in both of these is where you just understand that you're, and I don't like woo woo language, but for some reason I like it in both of these mm-hmm. books. They both say it in a way that makes me really sort of tingly yeah. that you, you are sort of touching something divine when you are creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel very vulnerable. I'm getting to be more vulnerable uh, with myself out in the world, because it is that connection with source, with the divine, that is where I get my creativity from. And if I'm being vulnerable and showing the world that, and somebody comes back and says, this is crap or whatever, it's like, oh, I didn't know I was making this in relationship to you. I'm making it in relationship to my source. And if it connects with people, And if it's from source, it's going to connect with people. It's going to connect with some people because we are one, you know, not to go all woo woo, but, uh, (laughs) and there are some people who won't like it and that's, Mm -hmm. that's okay. But yeah, I think if your work is really coming from the divine and 
you actually put work into it, you actually show up and are vulnerable, then people will connect with it. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. It's really been fun. And I hope you'll come back anytime you have a book you want to tell me about. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julie. This was, this was a blast. I love talking about books, about comedy, about growth, about all this stuff. So I appreciate you giving me this space and I love the conversation as well. Thank you, Shay. Yeah. Bookworms, I would love to hear your thoughts about living a creative life. What are your favorite books about creativity? Let me know on Instagram at Best Book Ever Podcast. Remember, you can find links to all the books we discussed in the show notes or at my website, bestbookeverpodcast.com. And if you have a book you want to tell me about, click on the Be a Guest button on my website or Instagram bio and we can chat. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you at the library.